Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. I'll be your host for this hour of the program, and I'll be taking your questions and your prayer requests, and that's what Calvary Live is about, to be able to answer your questions that you have about the Bible or about certain things that you see around the world going on, how do we have a worldview or what should our worldview, biblical worldview be? Um, How do we respond to culture around us? Let's go to the Word of God. And we want to, as the psalmist says in Psalm 85, that I will hear what the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. And so that's what we get to do. We get to go to God's Word and get truth and uh, so give me a call. Grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. This is your show. Those of you who are tuned in as you're listening on Grace FM all along the Front Range here in, in Colorado up into southern Wyoming, welcome, welcome on this sunny January day. But uh, it is a windy day, at least up here in northern Colorado. The wind is blowing, and, of course, that cold wind has a bite to it. And maybe you're going through the winds of adversity right now, and uh, you're going through a cold season spiritually in your life. Hey, we love to pray with you, and we're also here to just be able to encourage you and to bring you God's comfort and to take you to the throne of grace in time of need. And so we want to pray with you and minister to you in that way. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. want to welcome those who are listening in on the East Coast on Hope and Truth FM. As you know, you're a week delayed on the program, but uh, you can call in at 303-690-3000, be on the air, and then it will air on your station next week. So someone will answer in anywhere uh, where you're calling from the United States because we have online listeners. Perhaps you're listening in on your uh, tablet or smartphone. You've downloaded the Grace FM uh, app, and we would encourage you to do that. It's easy to do. It's free. Or maybe you're listening on your computer and you're listening live. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. we got people from all over the country and even in different parts of the world, international listening audience that continues to grow. I noticed yesterday it was mentioned that someone from South Korea was listening, and that just blesses my heart how technology can connect us all together. So I'd love to be able to talk to you about the things of the Lord. There's a second means for you to be able to call in, not call in, but to text in, a dedicated text line, and that is 720-336-0897. No one will answer that number, but you can text in a question or a prayer request, 720-336-0897. And we, again, remind you, be careful, be safe when you are texting 
uh, here at the station or texting anyone. So I want to welcome all of you that are tuned in today uh, on this January day. Uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let me know you're out there. Maybe there's been a question you've been wanting to ask, your Bible teaching, or you heard a teaching on the Bible, or uh, that you want some clarity or understanding. Uh, perhaps uh, you've had a discussion with some friends or whoever it might be, and you want to be able to minister to them uh, better. One of the things that I've been uh, kind of reminding our fellowship is as the last couple weeks, uh, New Year's Eve, and then also last Wednesday, we did a prophecy update. And, and I told them, I want us to be wise in the days in which we're living in. But I reminded them that of the story of Daniel in Daniel chapter 5, when Belshazzar was having that uh, that party with his lords, and then all of a sudden the finger of God wrote on the wall behind him, and of course they got frightened and terrified. He called for his magicians, he called for his soothsayers, he called for the astrologers, and he wanted them to interpret the handwriting on the wall, and they couldn't do it. So they finally brought Daniel out, and Daniel interpreted the handwriting on the wall. And listen, as you and I know the Scriptures and the day in which we're living in, God wants to use you to be able to minister to others and to interpret the handwriting on the wall, if you would, uh, because he gives us the answer. Uh, we are told of a glorious future that we have through Jesus Christ and a living hope that we have through his resurrection. And so we're able to do that. And he wants to use those who are wise in the scriptures that we can minister God's truth to others. So please give me a call, 303-690-3000. We have open lines, so grab one of those open lines. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. That text line is 720-336-0897. And it's interesting that some of the text questions uh, are starting to come in. This one coming in uh, is a good question. It says, is the first 11 chapters of Genesis inspired of God heard a teaching that it was not your thoughts? And uh, I think that uh, it is amazing how kind of God works this. But we on Sunday are continuing through Second Timothy, and the very first that we're going to cover in chapter three uh, tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, uh, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, and that is one of the most important ver verses that we have in the Bible that speaks of the inspiration. Um, of the Word of God. And all Scripture, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, is inspired by God. So yes, it is inspired. It is true. The creation account is true. And we can go to God's Word uh, from beginning to end and trust it. And there's two other ends, if you would, uh, on that verse. Not only the, the inspiration, which means God breathed, the origins are eternal. The origins come from an all-powerful, all-knowing God um, and to the page that we have in Scripture so we can trust it. It is God-breathed. It is infallible. It will not fail, it, and uh, it cannot fail, and it is inerrant. All three are together. If one fails, all three fail, but it is inerrant, and that is you can trust it. Um, it's without error. Um, it is perfect. 
It's impeccable, the Word of God. And that's why I love going to the Scriptures, and that's why Paul's telling Timothy, you must continue in the Scriptures in the perilous times that we're in. So we're going to talk about that. So the answer to that is yes, the first 11 chapters of Genesis definitely uh, are um, inspired by God. They are true, the creation account and uh, all Scripture is, and we need to remember that and stand on that, uh, the inerrancy, the infallibility, the inspiration of the Word of God. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to the Word of God um, together uh, as we look at Scripture. And we're going to first go to Bob in Parker, who's on line one. Hi, Bob. Bob, you there? Hello? Bob. Hi, Bob. How yep. are you? You're on Calvary Live. I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. What do you got for me today? Well, I, you know, I, I was born again many years, and during the years of my life, I, I never really read the Bible too much, and I never really followed Christ the way we're supposed to. And recently in the new year, I've decided to make that commitment. So I started reading Genesis because I want to go through the whole Bible, and I'm reading about Adam and Eve being the first humans, you know, God created and if they gave birth to Cain and Abel, and Cain murdered Abel, where did the mother of Cain's children come from? Well, you're you're probably asking where did Cain get his wife, um, and um, you know because they were brothers. Here's the thing, because there's different theories that will come out, which I do not hold to. We got to hold to what the Scripture says. There are those who say, well, there must have been other civilizations, other people that God created. We know that the Bible very clearly tells us that Adam was the first man, and then Eve was the first woman, and they came together, and they were joined together in that first marriage in Genesis chapter 2. But there's no mention whatsoever of any other civilizations being created, uh, any other people, or somehow evolution, you know, came forth uh, with the, you know, the gap theory between Genesis 1, 1, and 1, 2, and, uh, and so man kind of evolved. There's none of that mentioned in Scripture. But we do know that Adam and Eve, they lived to be how old? Uh, Hundreds of years old. <laughs> yeah. Man lived to be a long time. So right. Eve and Adam obviously had other children, and the gene pool being as pure as it was— that, you know, they would uh, be able to marry their sister and then populate the earth. But it was the Lord that made Adam and Eve, and he said, go and multiply the earth, and they could have had a number of children. You know, you live that long, you can have a lot of kids. And so that's what we have, and that's what the Bible tells us. A good resource for you, Bob, to maybe explore this a little bit uh, further Uh, Some of these questions is answers in Genesis. And they got a website, and it's Dr. Ken Ham and and other well-known, very good scientists that explore these, you know, and give you very good, solid biblical answers um, on a Genesis account, creation, um, all these other things. So I wanted to throw that out because I think it'll be a big help to you or anybody else that is listening um, answers in Genesis. All you have to do is type that in, and they got a website. They got tons of resources 
and 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 questions that are asked just as you're asking. But as far as we know, is that Adam and Eve were the first. Cain and Abel were born. They had other children, and so obviously they would marry, uh, you know, those who uh, were born out of Adam and Eve. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. I just wanted to get some clarification on that. And, you know, I, I appreciate the answer as well as the, the website. I will be checking that out. Yeah, I think you'll find it be great. We, you know, we have a, uh, one of the things, Bob, we have an Answers in Genesis curriculum that we do with the kids because we want the kids to know that God created them and loves them and has a plan for them. And, you know, the creation story in Genesis is very much under attack today, even in the church. And and so we, you know, as I just started out the show, that all Scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed. It is trustworthy, and we can trust it. And um, there's very good science for the creation story and Noah's flood and all those different things. So, you know, being a Christian, Bob, and I, I'm sure you know this, doesn't mean we assassinate our brains. Um, he's the God of science, and um, and he's the creator, and so uh, we can trust in what the Word of God has to say. Hey, good question, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. Bye. You bet. When somebody hangs out, we've got an open line, so 303-690-3000. Love to hear from you. Love to hear from you guys on the East Coast. I just want to say appreciate you guys on the East Coast, that we get to be a part of your lives, and Calvary Live is, is uh, played out there or wherever uh, that you're listening. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Ask some good biblical questions. And so 303-690-3000, that text line, we've already answered the text question, 720-336-0897. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs at Calvary Greeley in Northern Colorado. So give me a call while you can grab one uh, open line. But let's go to Denver where we're going to talk to Tim on line two. Hi, Tim. Tim, you there? Okay, Tim, you there? Okay, I don't know if he dropped or whatever, but Tim had prayer for thanks for good job opportunities. So I want to take a moment and go ahead and pray for that. And if we can get Tim back on the line, or Tim, if you're listening, if you can call back, uh, we can pray for you. Um, But uh, God is good, and he cares about our job opportunities and uh, he desires for us to be able to provide for our families, and uh, he cares about every area of our lives. And so let's give thanks to him. Father, we thank you for Tim who called in, and I don't know if he got dropped or had to go, but, uh, Lord, I do pray that uh, that uh, you would just continue, um, you know, for the job opportunities, whether Tim got a job or not, I don't know, but he's given thanks for that work in his life, provide for him, for his family. And Lord, I, I just pray that he would know that you care for him and love him and uh, care about every area of his life. And so we thank you. And we thank you for the way that you provide for us, um, you know, with jobs and, and, and all of that. So just keep working in his life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 303-690-3000. Got a I believe a couple open lines. Text line is 720-336-0897. So give me a call. Let's go to Demetrius on line three in North Glen. Demetrius? Hi, Pastor. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. 
Uh, I just had a quick question about uh, uh, a talk you just did on the radio. It's about the uh, the abomination of desolation. Yes. Okay, so you kind of mentioned in Luke that he said, you know, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, that, you know, to flee. So I guess my question was that, uh, you know, you said those, those two aren't equated to each other, right? Um, they, no, they're not. Um, okay. In Luke chapter 21, and let me read it mm-hmm. for the sake of the listeners, that when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. And let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things that are written may be fulfilled. And he goes on mm-hmm. and he says that, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive to all the nations. So mm-hmm. he's obviously talking about the destruction of, of Jerusalem in 70 yeah, I agree. AD. Right. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There are those mm-hmm. who believe that that was the abomination of desolation. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess my my true question is, in uh, if we could jump back to Matthew twenty four, sure. can you uh, read verse tw- uh, thirty four for me? Uh, Matthew twenty four, verse 34. verse thirty four. Thirty four. And what it says there is, Surely I say to you that this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will no means pass away. That's, that's good. So right there. Gotta, I guess my question is, he's, Jesus is saying all of these things will take place. Well, doesn't that include right. the abomination of desolation? Right, it will be fulfilled. There's no doubt about it. But he's saying within that generation, so... Well, he, he, here's the thing. The, abom- the abomination of desolation is spoken where in the Old Testament? In uh, Daniel. It's spoken in Daniel chapter 9. So uh-huh. um, in Daniel chapter 9, uh, the fulfillment of end-time prophecy has to be in that outline that is given. And that's very important for us to understand that. And in Daniel mm-hmm. chapter 9, as Daniel's told that prophecy of the 70 weeks of Daniel, then we mm-hmm. know that he says that 69 weeks are going to be fulfilled, or right. that, you know, the coming of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem till coming of Messiah the Prince. And then mm-hmm. there's another seven-week period that's going to take place. And he shall mm-hmm. confirm a covenant with many for one week. Who is that? Um, that's the sure. Antichrist. That's the Antichrist is going to come on the scene. And in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. On the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate. So that's the first mention of the abomination of desolation. It's going to happen in that final seven-year period called the tribulation period, where the Antichrist, as Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, will walk into the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, and he will proclaim himself as God, to be worshipped as God in the temple of God. He will proclaim himself as God. Then he will turn, he will command the world to worship him, and mm-hmm. um, and the Jews will not. And Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of Daniel the prophet, that's Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, then you need to flee, mm-hmm. you need to get out of there. And that's where he's going to heavily persecute the, the Jews for three and a half years, 
Um, as we know from the book of Revelation, chapter 12, uh, speaks mm-hmm. of that. They will flee to the rock city, Petra. Uh, Isaiah speaks of Shelah. Petra is where they're going to flee to. And then he's mm-hmm. also going to persecute very heavily the tribulation saints that do not make their allegiance with him and take the mark of the beast. So I believe that's the point of the abomination of desolation. The reason that I don't believe that it happened in 70 AD, Titus came in, destroyed Jerusalem, just as Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, that mm-hmm. they dis- destroyed the temple where Jesus said not one stone will be left upon another. And mm-hmm. as Josephus, the Jewish historian, writes that there was 1.1 million Jews that were killed at that time. And we know mm-hmm. that they would be led off into all the nations, just as he said, taken captive. And so mm-hmm. the abomination of desolation, some believe that those who hold mostly to a preterist view, that that took place in 70 AD. Titus came and destroyed the temple. He did not desecrate the temple. And Daniel mm-hmm. painstakingly talks about you know, this this shadow of Antiochus Epiphanes in Daniel chapter 11 that is a mm-hmm. shadow of the one to come, the Antichrist, as Antiochus mm-hmm. Epiphanes. Do you know what he did? Uh, yeah, he, he went an animal on the altar. Yep. Or yeah, he like went that. in. He went in and he desecrated the temple about, you mm-hmm. know, 200 years before Jesus was on the scene. He slaughtered the pigs, smeared the blood all over it, set up an image mm-hmm. of Zeus or something of himself. He desecrated the temple, but he didn't destroy the temple. Titus right. destroyed the temple, and he didn't desecrate it. The Antichrist is not going to destroy the temple. He is going to set up mm-hmm. an image of himself, and the Bible's very clear. So that's why I hold to that, what the Bible says, right. that it will take place in that final seven-year period. All right. So I guess, I guess another part of that question is, how do we know it was supposed to be a Roman and not, let's say, like a someone of priestly descent that was in there that was going to do these sacrifices? You mean a a, a, a priest? Uh, yeah. Here's the other like, thing. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying modern day priest. I'm talking like like Pharisee, Pharisaical priests of that first generation. Because yeah. again, he said all these things will come upon this generation. He's talking about those people mm-hmm. during that time frame. So well, we were... Jesus, yeah, sorry, the parable of the, the, the fig tree, he's talking about uh-huh. that all these things, the great tribulations shall not pass until this generation, you know, passes away. But when we talk about the abomination of desolation and the Antichrist, here's the thing to remember that Daniel is called the forerunner of the Bible prophecy. It really is the foundation to understand the book of Revelation. And mm-hmm. Daniel painstakingly makes the case that the one, as he says in verse 26 of Daniel chapter 9, and after 62 weeks Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself, and the people, mm-hmm. the prince who is to come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. So who were the people that destroyed the city and the sanctuary? That was the Romans. Mm-hmm. That was the Romans that came in and um, and um, that will come in and destroy the second temple in 70 A.D. Then mm-hmm. he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. So, mm-hmm. you know, he painstakingly tells us, and in Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7, that there's going to be this revived Roman Empire, this little horn that comes out of the ten horns, um, that 
the extension of the ten toes in Daniel chapter 2, um, that is an extension of the legs of iron, which is Rome, that that's where the Antichrist is going to come out of. So I think Daniel makes it very clear that that the Antichrist is going to come out of this this extension of the Roman Empire, what scholars call or end-time teachers a revived Roman Empire. Now, you also, though, have the false prophet. Now, the false prophet, you know, um, is he going to be Jewish or whatever? We don't know for sure, but he is going to be aligning himself with the Antichrist. Hey, mm-hmm. thanks, Demetrius. Very good questions. Yeah, I appreciate it. Keep, keep studying it. the Word of God. All right. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Thank hey, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We can talk about this for a long, long time, and there's a lot of study that needs to be done, but um, just... We want to continue. People are on the line. We do have an open line, 303-690-3000. And I love it when people are studying their Bibles, and and there's just a lot to kind of sort out when it comes to different topics, and we'll help you do that best that we know how. Um, Let's go to Baltimore, where David's on line one. Hi, David. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I just want to thank you for all of your uh, teachings and your answers. And uh, you're Thanks, such man. a blessing to us all. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the encouragement. You're welcome. So I have a question regarding the with Hagar and Sarah in the Bible mm-hmm. when it comes to adultery. Um, I know the Lord said in the Old Testament that, you know, adultery is not permitted. But yet he didn't seem to object when Abraham took, you know, Sarah's handmaiden and they had a child. And also, several times in the Bible, various uh, people had multiple wives. Is that not considered adultery? Well, here's the thing. You said that he didn't. God didn't object to it. Here's the thing to remember, um, David, is the Bible's very honest about the, the men of God that he used, the men of faith, the women of faith, telling their stories. And just because it's recorded that— you know, it was for the sake of the listeners, because we know that Abraham received that promise, right? That you're yeah. going to have a son, and mm-hmm. he, they wait it, and they wait it, and they wait it, and finally Sarah says, nothing is happening here. Why don't we help God out? Why don't you take my hand, you know, my maidservant, Hagar, yes. have a child with her? And Abraham says, yes. Did that make it right? No. No. Matter of fact, we know that the Lord rejected Ishmael as the son where the covenant's going to go through. So mm-hmm. God did not approve of it. And even in the New Testament, we know that Paul writes about in the book of Galatians, you know, how that was the work of the flesh. Yeah. And we know that in chapter 22 of Genesis, what did the Lord say to Abraham? Take your son your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the place that I will show for, you. To yes, for the sacrifice. Him. He did not recognize Ishmael as the covenant to go through, so he did not approve of it. They sinned in that. The, the big lesson in that for us is don't give God a hand. And sometimes we think that things aren't happening. The Lord said, you and Sarah are going to have a child together, Abraham. Abraham, you know, he he sinned in that situation. 
and right. he shouldn't have done that. And that God didn't recognize Ishmael. Now, Ishmael, uh, we were told that um, he said that I'm going to multiply your descendants exceedingly. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he he uh, talks to uh, to Hagar as she's, you know, called out uh, there, but the covenant would go through Isaac. Now, when it comes to multiple wives, and we, we just got a minute before we go to break. Sure. Again, the Lord said the definition of marriage is a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, singular, and and uh, the two shall become one flesh. In the book of Deuteronomy, when they the king was to go in, he was to not multiply horses, he was not to multiply gold, and he was not to multiply wives, but yet they did that. And, and so God's desires that there would be one man, one woman relationship, but yet the culture did something different. And, of course, Solomon had 300 wives and concubines. Right. And it brought him yeah. a lot of problems. So, hey, thanks. Sorry, we got to go to break, and we'll be right back after break, everybody. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Had a lively first half, lots of good questions, people studying their Bible, and we're going to the Word of God just to uh, talk about these things and to be able to answer your questions so we've had questions on end times. We've had questions on creation, um, the beginning of time and the end of time. It's wonderful. And so we want to, you to be able to call in uh, with your Bible questions, 303-690-3000. As you just heard the number, we got a couple open lines. And uh, so grab one of those open lines and love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Let me tell you that text number again so you can text in a question or a prayer request, 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live this afternoon with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Hey, I just want to make a couple quick announcements, and we're going to get back to the phone lines. And I would tell you, grab one of those open lines, and we'll get to you uh, before too long. And I uh, want to be able to talk to you and discuss the things of the Lord with you and go to God's Word. But I do want to remind you that we're back on Wednesday nights here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. Last Wednesday, I did a prophecy update, uh, part two, uh, after New Year's Eve uh, because of the events that took place with Iran. And uh, so those are on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org. You can listen to those. uh, Very informative. So we can minister to others and be wise and discerning the days in which we are living in. But also, we start back in Jeremiah. uh, Tomorrow night, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we'll be in Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah is speaking to a nation that is dying. And Jeremiah is weeping as he gives these prophecies. And he's the Lord's calling the nation back to himself to repent from their idol worship. And um, and so the warnings are given. And I think Jeremiah is going to be a very good study for us because we get concerned as we see uh, our nation around us, how we have declined morally and spiritually. And uh, even though he was talking specifically about the house of Judah and how they would go off into captivity by Judah, that we can make 
uh, some application for us as we see a nation around us that is in decline spiritually and and uh, how we need to pray. And I, I hope that it causes us to weep as well. And, um, you know, it does, doesn't it? So we see the events around us taking place. We need to be praying for our communities. We need to be praying for our nation, for our leadership. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy. He says to Timothy that we are to pray for those who are in leadership. And uh, it's very important that indeed that we do do that. Uh, You know, as he says, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayer, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and reverence. And he says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so we need to remember that and be on our knees as Christians. So come out, join us, 7 o'clock. We've got a place for all the kids, nursery, middle schoolers, high schoolers that meet. Love to have you come out and study the book of Jeremiah. Powerful book. Sunday mornings, we are in 2 Timothy chapter 3. So the last words of Paul that he pens and puts those words on parchment for the last time that we have in the New Testament. And these are things that he's talking to Timothy about. This is heart stuff. And um, and it's very important for us to stop and really look at it. The words that he's saying, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, Calvary Chapel Greeley, we're easy to find. I'd uh, love to be able to to meet you and uh, have you come join us for our Bible study. Got a place again for all the kids at all our services. Check us out, calvarychapelgreeley.org. Hey, we got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. And um, let's go to uh, Amanda, who's been wait- waiting patiently from Pennsylvania. Amanda. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling us today. Thank you. Um, so I'm, I don't know the Bible as well as I really should. Um, and I just um, discovered this whole question and answer thing actually a couple nights ago when just kind of going through the radio. And I, it started to make me think about like questions that I had um, and discussions I've had with people in regards to um, salvation. And there was... Um, some people that I've discussed with that think that, you know, salvation is you're, once you're saved, you're saved. And, you know, that Jesus came, and as long as you believe that he's the Messiah and that, you know, he's God's son, and he came to, to um, save you from your sins, and you're genuinely sorry for the life that you've lived, and, you know, that, that God, that uh, you're covered by grace. But mm-hmm. then there's also, like, verses in the Bible that talk about, like, about, you know, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Or, you know, you'll come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? And I'll say, you know, workers of iniquity, I need not. Stuff like that, where it just made me wonder if, like, can you lose your salvation? Is it possible to, like, if, you, if you're just not turning away enough, if you're not completely handing over everything, is it possible to not really be saved if you think you are? Like, well, let's kind of walk walk th- walk through this because okay. you know it's a great debate in the church. There's different thoughts, but I'm going to tell you what the Bible has to say, and I hope that it really brings you some assurance and comfort, Amanda, because um, part of what you said um, is a struggle with people, and they base their salvation on performance, 
and you said something about, you know, if you're not giving your all to the Lord and, 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 um, I want to give my all to the Lord, but I know that I fail and I know that I sin. Exactly. And I fall short. And when I do sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And I know this, as John writes in his epistle, that if we sin, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You also mention in Matthew chapter 7, and let me read it for the sake of the listeners. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. That's the, the verse you were quoting, right? Yeah. Okay, here's the thing on that. And, and you said, if we're not given our all, that sounds like pretty awesome things, right? Um, those who prophesied in the name of the Lord, cast out demons in his name, did wonders in his name. Yeah, that like if they're all like, doing all that, and I'm like just not brave enough to go to my neighbor and try to bring them to God, am I not doing enough? You know, like that. No, it's <laughs> not based, listen, here's your salvation. It, it's not based on what you do. It's based on what he did. It's based on what he did on the cross at Calvary. Will you please always remember that, Amanda? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that are out there struggling saying, I don't do enough. I don't do enough. It's not based on do, do, do. It's based on done. And Jesus cried out, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. I've done the work. I paid the price. And now we come in faith. But the key to Matthew chapter 7, he says that I will declare to them, I never knew you. He didn't know them. People can speak the name of Jesus. They can, they can do all kinds of things. But if they don't know him, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, um, then they're not saved. And there are people that think that, uh, hey, I do good works. That's the Pharisees. They were boasting about you know, keeping every jot and tittle of, you know, the law. Uh, we have dedicated ourselves. That's what the word Pharisee means. We are the separated ones. Um, we have fasted, you know, so much. We have tithed even of the herbs of our gardens. We, we you know, pray this amount of time. They boasted in their righteousness, and the Lord said, Woe to you. You're like whitewashed tombs. You know, you're all shiny on the outside, but inwardly you're full of dead man's bones. Here's the thing. What saves us, and people need to remember this, is faith in Jesus Christ, realizing that you need the Savior of the world to be forgiven, who provided forgiveness for you. And as you come and you repent, turn direction, and as you call on the name of the Lord, and as then you're born again by the Spirit of God. There's nothing in the Scripture that I see that says that you can be unborn again. But he knows the heart. And as you read the Scriptures, we know that, um, for example, that in Second Corinthians, that Paul writes, He who has established us with you in Christ and has anointed us as God, who has also sealed us and given us the Spirit in our heart as a guarantee. He goes on to say in chapter 5, He who has prepared us for this very thing is God. He's speaking about the resurrection, 
who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. We know Ephesians talks about um, the uh, same thing he writes um, in Ephesians chapter 1. That um, Let me read it to you in verse 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And so Jesus said, I haven't lost one that the Father has given to me. You're in my Father's hands, and no one will pluck you out. So I see the security that we have in the Lord, sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And that word seals, you know, is you're sealed um, until the, as he writes, the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So we have the security of our salvation given to us in the scriptures. And um, But the other thing to remember is we don't want to play games with our salvation. We don't want to think that we're saved because of performance or because, um, you know, uh, good enough or perfect enough. It is faith alone in Jesus Christ. And it's by his grace that we're saved. Ephesians chapter 2, by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So does that help? Yes, it absolutely does help. Thank you. Amanda, always remember this, that your salvation is based on what he did. And that's what makes Christianity unique because all other religions say this is what you have to do in order to find favor with God or earn heaven or salvation. And the Bible says there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves. It's not by works. We can't do anything to save ourselves. Jesus did it all on the cross. He did it all on the cross. And that's the wonderful message of the gospel, the good news. And as we come in faith, and as we believe in him, we shall be saved. And uh, so Romans is real clear about that. And then is the process of sanctification, Amanda, that he desires for us to live for him. He wants to work, uh, uh, work in us through the Holy Spirit for us to live a life pleasing to him and um, to give us the ability to do that. Does that help encourage yes, you? It does. It definitely does. I really appreciate that. And I hope that you keep listening to Calvary Live. I'm glad that you found the program, and um, I know that you'll be tremendously blessed. So I will definitely keep listening because I'm learning more and more um, things I didn't know and things I haven't um, been able to delve into or understand. It's, it's definitely been a help, and I will definitely continue to listen. I really appreciate it. You bet, and I appreciate you calling, Amanda. You have a great evening, okay? Thank you. You too. All right. God bless you. Yep. Yep. Bye-bye. I believe we have open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And the text line is 720-336-0897. I really appreciate the good questions. And and uh, as I've said before, it blesses me for people that are studying their Bibles. It's really, really imperative that we continue in the Scriptures, that we learn the Scriptures to find the answers in them. And that's what we want to do. And um, And... Um, to be comforted by the scriptures as we go to him. So 
Um, keep learning, keep growing, keep listening to Christian radio, to Grace FM, you here in Colorado. Such a blessing to to hear all the Bible teaching that takes place 24-7. Uh, 303-690-3000, got plenty of time in the hour for you to be able to call in and ask your question. But we will go to Loveland where Leanne is on line one. Hi, Leanne. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Thanks for calling. So this goes, I just turned radio on, so I didn't hear the previous lady's question, but I heard the subject matter. Um, I'm wondering, is that also the staleness, the feeling of salvation? What about kids who have accepted if you're very young and then turn away from him as young adults? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know, and and you know I I don't have. Here's the thing: I don't have all the answers, and part of the debate is, was it a genuine profession of faith? Only the right. Lord really knows that. Um, and, and because it gets asked, what what about you know um, my relative? They were in you know, elementary school or in junior high, they, they went forward, they believed, they believed for a while, but now they don't believe. And um, was it a real profession of faith? You know, you, you can hear Greg Laurie and them say, you know, not everybody who comes down on the field um, actually has made a true profession of faith. So we have to trust in the Lord in that area. I don't understand everything, but I the things that, that I do understand is that, um, they, you know, it's faith in Jesus Christ alone. We have security of salvation. Um, and because sometimes I think people go around saying, well, you're saved and you're not saved. You're saved. You're not saved. You know, and, and we start getting into these debates about once saved, always saved. Listen, salvation is the work of the Lord. He knows who are his. And that's what the Bible says. And, um, and we need to trust him in that. And uh, we don't want to play games with our salvation. That's the other side of coin that I go to, um, is don't play games with your salvation. Where are you at today? Where are you at right. today? And that's okay. what, the, you know, I always try to press that because you can get into all kinds of debate and stuff. And I know the Bible talks about the security of our salvation. And, um, and you know, Paul talks about that as we've been going through Second Timothy um, that those who come in, who cause divisions, who uh, have corrupt minds and all this, but he says the Lord knows who are his, and um, and we need to remember that he does, and to never take for granted the greatest salvation that we have. Right, right. Okay, well, I was hoping to find something to hang my hat on with my son. <laughs> so, okay, you know well, what? thank you, you so much for your call, <laughs> for taking hey, it. Hey, Leanne. Hey, yes. Leanne. Keep praying for your son. Oh, we do. We do. Keep planting the Word of God into his heart. And don't stop praying. But can we pray for him right now while I got you on the phone? Sure. Him and his um, girlfriend, Bo, who are the mother of my grandchildren. (laughs) And her name is what? Um, His name is Alex. Her name is Janelle. Okay. Father, we do pray. We pray for Leanne's... um, son and girlfriend, um, and I just pray that you would open up their eyes, that you would touch their hearts, that you would soften their hearts. And Lord, uh, as Leanne's son, uh, the word has been planted in his heart, Lord, that 
somehow that you would bring it alive, that you would, you know, have it be watered, ignite it, and that he would come back to you. He would come home. You know his spiritual state and his girlfriend. I pray for Leanne's grandchildren. Lord, work in bringing salvation to this this house, to this couple, to this family. Be with Leanne. Give her the wisdom to speak truth into their lives, to continue to do that. And Lord, we just lift them up for you to work in a powerful, wonderful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. It is hard when we see our kids walk away, the prodigal or they a prodigal. We pray that they come back. But I do know this, that the father in the story of the prodigal son in Luke's gospel ran out to meet the son. He was still a son and there was still relationship that was there. And he ran to meet him with open arms. And one of the things that I told the congregation that kind of we talked about that on Sunday And I said, the message of the Lord is for you to come home. And maybe there's somebody right now that you're listening out there that you've been away from the Lord. And the message that the Lord has for you is come home. Will you come home? He loves you because the world is going to leave you deceived and depressed and in bondage and defeated. Come home. And he will welcome you with open arms. And I tell the congregation, we will open those who have gone away and we will welcome them with open arms. And um, and we want to get that message of coming back to the Lord. Have you ever noticed in the Scripture, it has always come? It is never, get away from me, you know? Um, and so we need to keep praying for those who are out there in the world, who are the prodigals, whoever, and for them to come home. And the Father, you know, he saw him from a distance, why did he? Because I believe the father went to the edge of the road and every day was looking for his son. You keep praying every day for those that you love that come home. So that's what we want to do with you. Hey, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Brian, who's in Denver. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Yeah, uh, I have a kind of just a follow-up, well, not a follow-up, question based off of a couple of callers who was talking about salvation. Mm-hmm. And I've got a my cousin which has accepted Christ, you know, believes, has faith, and everything that you mentioned about his salvation. So he believes that, you know, he's fully saved and his salvation can't be lost. Um, you know, prays and does everything else that any other Christian would do. And here's where we kind of have a little bit of, like, debate. But he's living in an open homosexual relationship. Um, where I know in Corinthians it talks about you know, it gives a list of people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he kind of just throws that back and says, well, you know, God has forgiven. If, if that is the case, because God has forgiven future, past, and present sins, kind of like, like you mentioned, that this would be forgiven if it is. He doesn't believe it's a sin, um, but he says, you know, if it is a sin, it still be forgiven, and I still have faith that God is my Savior. So, but then again, in Corinthians, it really kind of gives a list of, you know, if you're doing this, this, and this, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Where where does that stand? I know it's sin, sin. Yeah, and and that is important for us, because Paul makes it very clear that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's not saying that there's no forgiveness, 
But for those who habitually, continually practice these things, you got to wonder. I cannot have the assurance to say that you are saved. Here's the thing about coming to Christ. When you give your life to him, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, but do not keep my commandments? And and we do have forgiveness when we sin, but there is a desire because we've been born again by the Spirit of God. He gives us a new heart that we should pursue that which pleases the Lord. And it kind of all comes together. James says that, you know, um, that faith without works is dead. He's not saying that it's faith and works that saves us. But he says, uh, you have faith, I have works, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, none of our works are perfect. But the thing is, I think what James is saying there is there's going to be some evidence in your life, conviction that is there when you come to the Lord, because he's now Lord of your life. And so where exactly, where is the line? I don't know, but keep speaking truth into his life. He's called us to holiness, and and there are people that say, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I'll just live any way that I want. And we know that's not biblical, that he desires for us to live for him and to have that conviction and, um, and to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So there's that side of the spectrum that is there, and there's forgiveness when we sin, but, you know, when it comes to somebody who says, I'll just live any way that I want, and um, is true salvation taking place? I don't know. I, I can't say that. God knows the heart, and you keep praying for them, but we do know what the Bible says, that we are to oh. pursue holiness. There's a work of but, sanctification that it takes place in our lives. So Go I ahead. guess, I mean, I guess in his case, I mean, here's the stuff that he'll tell me, like, well, okay. I, and he's, I mean, if you take that one aspect of his life, I mean, he is living... A good life, and he, you know, he'll say, "Well, I'm I'm living better life than, you know, Christians that are you're saying that are saved." Um, so, you know, I, you know, I guess I guess that's the only thing that we kind of, I, I want him to be saved, but you know, I mean, yeah, and and I know yeah. you're saying, you know, like yeah. faith alone saves, and he does have that. He does have faith. He does believe Jesus died for him. He believes he's a sinner. He believes that. You know, has washed all of his sins. You know, future, past, and present. But I guess that's the only thing that I guess confuses me. It's like, you know, why would yeah. God put well, the list of, the of things, things there? Yeah. I mean, He does pray. Well, he does. You know, I mean, that's the only thing He does not pray on is that one. Yeah. Sense, yeah. But and, everything else He does. And that's the thing. That's the thing to keep reminding Him is you, we can't pick and choose what you believe. And it's very clear what the Scripture says about the sin of homosexuality, the sin of fornication, adultery. You know, because I've had people say to me, well, you know, I'm in this relationship with this woman, and I'm going to divorce my wife, and I believe it's God's will. No, we know from God's Word that it's not God's will. So keep speaking that truth, and we can't just pick and choose what it is that we believe. So, you know, just keep speaking that truth, praying for Him, the other thing, too, is sometimes people say, well, I'm better than that person. Um, that's that's the wrong perspective. Um, you can always find somebody that you're better than, you know, when it comes to performance or showing my devotion. He needs the answer to the Lord. And we will stand before the Lord, and we won't be able to say, well, I was better than that Christian or better than that person. 
that we are going to stand before the Lord. And did we really come to faith in him? It doesn't mean we don't struggle in those things. It doesn't mean that we don't ever sin. We have forgiveness. But one of the things that um, you had mentioned was when you said he doesn't believe it's a sin. Well, you know, you can't just pick and choose what you believe in the Bible. A lot of that's going on to make an excuse to live a lifestyle. They want to live for themselves and do what they want to do. And so just keep speaking that truth in his heart that the Lord will bring that conviction to him in that area of his life and, and keep doing that is what kind of the place where you're at. Yeah, I mean, even when he says, even if it is a sin, he says, wouldn't I still be forgiven for it? So can't I still live this and just be forgiven for the sin anyway? Yeah, and and here's the thing that I always want to pass along to the people. It's never, let's see how close I can sail my boat to the rocks before I mm-hmm. crash it. You know, yeah. um, David sinned, so he was forgiven, so I can sin. Uh, David committed, you know, murder. David sure. did some, Yeah. look at how David was the sweet psalmist, how he desired to know the Lord and had a heart after God. That's what we know of David. And that uh, we can't say, what can I do and get away with? And God will just forgive me. Um, it is, Lord, how can I please you? So that's the key, and that's what you want to keep reminding them of. And it hurts God's heart when we harden our hearts, and it's sin because it's a loving Father that says, that I want you to live for me, and I don't want you to get hurt and be deceived. So just keep praying for him. We can do that right now before we go off the air. So, Father, I just pray. Um, I just pray for Brian and uh, and this individual he knows, uh, Lord, that's just struggling with the lifestyle. We just pray for your conviction upon his heart in Jesus' name. Hey, Brian, God bless you. Appreciate you calling. Okay. Thank you. Hey, we All didn't right. we didn't get to everybody. So sorry, but next time, keep listening to your local Christian radio station. Keep studying your Bible, and be a light of the gospel to other people around you. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.